This is Judy Robinette. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. We are glad to have you today. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing to help make you a more successful marketer. Don't worry about taking notes. I'm going to do that for you, and you can find them at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Judy Robinette, and we're going to talk about her book, How to Be a Power Connector, The 550-100 Rule for Turning Your Business Network into Profits, and... After the interview, I'll tell you how you can win a copy of Judy's book. In addition to being an author and keynoter, Judy Robinette is a business thought leader who is known as the woman with the titanium digital Rolodex. She has been profiled in Fast Company, Forbes, VentureBeat, Huffington Post, and Bloomberg Businessweek as an example of the new breed of super connectors who use their experience and networks to accelerate growth and enhance profitability. In her more than 30 years of experience as an entrepreneur and corporate leader, Judy has served as the CEO of both public and private companies and in management positions at Fortune 500 companies. She has been and remains active in the venture capital and angel investing world, and she is the co-author of a chapter in the book, Crowdfunding for Dummies. Judy, congratulations on how to be a power connector and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Well, let's start with a big question. What is the one key contribution you sought to make with your book? Well, so I was always frustrated at how many people had, you know, brilliant businesses or great gifts, but they couldn't connect to the critical resources they need to get to the next tier. And originally, my book was going to be how to get funded because I'm a guru in funding. Uh-huh. And uh, my agent, after she reviewed that I had 50 people I was going to connect to, including several billionaires, said, how do you know these people? And when I told her, she said, you know, you need to do a, a book on networking. And I said, Ugh, icky, manipulative. I don't even like the word networking. Yes. But, but the short answer is, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet. There is $369 trillion in global private wealth, countless opportunities, and information doubling every six months. Those are all the critical resources you need, the building blocks to get you successful, personally or professionally. So that was the takeaway. And it is, you know, understanding most people don't have the dots or they don't connect the dots, or more importantly, they don't leverage for the good of everyone. And so that was the core message, that the resources are out there, go get them. Mm-hmm. Let me just read one excerpt, uh, one of my favorites from the book. Success is not based on power connection, but the power of connection. The strength of our relationships is what enables us to find everything we could ever want or need. And building, nurturing, and maintaining those relationships through ongoing attention and value is what turns us into better people who have the potential to create better communities and a better world. So when you talk about, ooh, networking, uh, you know, that <laughs> excerpt for me was uh, very emblematic of the book. Um, it's, it's very straightforward. And let me just tell the listener a little bit about the book. It's, it's 12 chapters, and the first part I would describe is the why. And the second part goes into very specific detail on how to build your power connecting system. And you exceed everyone's expectations because you include the top 10 tips 
from the titanium Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> One uh, of the things you talk about at the beginning are the top five blunders ineffective networkers make. Can you talk about some of those? Well, you know, the biggest one, uh, Douglas, is actually people don't utilize the network they have. So Pew Research shows on average we know 632 people. And uh, so, you know, a big blunder is not telling those people, you know, what your goals are and then asking what I call the two golden questions. What other ideas do you have for me and who else do you know I should talk to? And I'll just share a, a short story. My, my agent called me one day and said, I'm going to introduce you to Mike Muni. He's the founder of Axe Software, uh, sold it for $48 million. He ha now has the number one app for connections called Viper that's free on iPhones. And I think the two of you could do something together. So we flew to Salt Lake and we sat down and I said, you know, Mike, I've never even heard of this. What are you doing for marketing? And he kind of, you know, hummed and hawed. And, and then he said, you know, Judy, if I could just get an article in Success Magazine. And I said, you know, Mike, when you go home, I want you to call my agent, who I've known for less than six months, who introduced us, who you've known for six years. She knows Darren Hardy, the editor, owner of Success Magazine. And he almost fell off his chair. And I can tell you this happens every week. Um, on average, people know 632 people. So there's gold in the network you already have. You know, second is make sure that you follow up with people. This is very easy. Send an email, tell them you'd love to get together, meet again. So you make sure that you follow up. Uh, third one is probably you need to have a very simple system. You don't need gazillions of people. You just need 25 to 50 quality relationships. And that will, along with strategy, get you anywhere you need to go. Let's talk about the numbers that are in the title. Uh, okay. The power circles, the 550, 100. Could you, could you br briefly walk through what that's all about? That was very interesting. So the 150 is called Dunford's Law, and it is that groups fall apart after 150. And I use that as kind of the, uh, the terminal event or, or number saying, you know, you, you guys, you don't need gazillions of people on Facebook or LinkedIn. You really need people who are going to have your back and have your your future. And so I limited it to 150. I had a guy call me one day and he said, you know, I've got 40,000 people in a database on Google and, you know, I'm sending them Christmas cards and I'm nurturing them. And, and I said, you know, dude, how many of these people have ever helped you? And he was really quiet and he said, probably less than 20. Mm -hmm. So the, the bottom number, the five, research shows that our five to 15 is our close friends and family. And those people give us support and love capital. And then in between is that 50, which is my mark of really having quality relationships that are diverse, wide, and deep. And, you know, most people hit the wall, Douglas, when they need a, a job, they need to find clients, they need to get funding because everybody they run around with is just like them. And those are called strong links. And, and then they hit the wall because they've not built a network they need. Mm -hmm. And in the book, you talk about how weak links are actually the strongest and most important connections in your network. Can you explain that? Yeah, and, and this again is based on science. So your strong links are your family and friends and people you talk to all the time. Well, they typically know each other. So they know the same jobs, opportunities, and funding, and it's pretty limited. But as soon as you move out to a weak link, and this is a person that you don't know so well, uh, not a close associate, then you've opened yourself up to an additional, you know, 600 plus people. And 
Research again shows your influence is limited to a friend of a friend of a friend. So that 515, you know, will always be there, but that next level out of 50 really needs to be diverse. And, you know, I once heard Charlie Rose interview Madeleine Albright in New York, and, and he said to her, you know, why don't women, why aren't they higher up in the world and more successful? And he said, well, first you guys have all the power, the men. And then she laughed and she said, you know, women don't network, they make friends. Men network uh, and don't make friends. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's interesting to me, but you need to have diversity. You know, I, I found this out accidentally. So I lived in Twin Falls, Idaho, population 30,000. Uh, I worked for a Fortune 300 company. I was on the board of directors of the local hospital. I wrote just a short little article on business ethics leadership in the local newspaper, and my neighbor happened to be the Senate Majority Leader. And I found out that I was perfectly positioned to know everything that was going on. I had access to politicians. I knew the regulatory. I had access to money. I had access to everything. And so based on that, I went, aha. So when I moved to Salt Lake, I developed that, and then I expanded it globally. So, you know, I have friends in the VC world. I'm friends with people at the Treasury Department, Rosie Rios, our, our U.S. Treasurer. Um, I have friends in, in media. You know, Mark Burnett endorsed my book. I have friends in entertainment. Well, when you're diverse and you have that kind of diversity and that 50 people, you can make anything happen. And, and really, that's why I have Power Connector. It's the power to make things happen for yourself and for other people. Because we all have solutions. And yes, we all have problems. But Everybody, you know, millionaires, billionaires, everybody has got problems. Mm -hmm. And when I read the book, I likened that 50 or even the 100 to like fielding a, a team or casting a play uh, rather than just putting all my friends in there, thinking about you know, my network and, and what I could use. And it seems so counterintuitive uh, in your book about how you talk about it. It's not so much really about the numbers. No. It's about the super concentrate of this these circles. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, you know, it's it's absolutely critical because, you know, so there's three gating items I look for. I, I used to say that I only let people in my network that had a good head, a good heart, and a good gut. And I boiled it down to, you know, is this person an Oprah or Martha Stewart? Now they're both billionaires. They're really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. But if I had to have one that I would trust with my back and my future, it's Oprah based on my values. But the three gating items I look for and people I'm going to get into my network are uh, warmth. So it turns out, again, research shows that's the number one thing you look for just instantly, just in seconds. You're making an assessment of a person. Are they warm? Number two, I look for generosity because just because someone can help you doesn't mean they will. And you all, you know, you can think about people you've gone out of your way to help and then would they help you? No. Those aren't people you want in your network. And the third, they have some level of gravitas or competence. And so those are kind of the people that, that I look for. So, you know, number one is um, diverse, which we've talked about across different sectors, vertical, across geography, and then deep, which is what I call the gravitas or the leadership. And then the third one is robust, meaning the people will call you back when you call them. They'll do a favor for you. They will help you, which shows that generosity level. Why do you detest elevator speeches? And what, <laughs> and what do you recommend doing instead? 
you know, I recommend you be a real person and not a robot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people that come up to you and you go, hi, I'm the marketing genius who's got the best social media, you know, it's just like such a turnoff when most people do this. People connect first personally. And, you know, as you know from reading my book, I grew up really shy and I was bullied in, in high school. You know, it still makes me wince at this age. And uh, I learned from reading How to Win Friends, you know, Make Friends and, and Have Influence by Dale Carnegie that mm -hmm. you just say hello, you smile, you shake hands, how are you? You know, two of the things that, that I recommend people do when they meet strangers is ask a question or offer a compliment. Mary Kay said that she can tell you what people want more than money and sex, and it's to be acknowledged. Mm. In the you talk about the importance of talking to three strangers a day. It sounds simple, but it's it's actually rather powerful. It is very powerful. I mean, you can't believe how many people walk by you that are millionaires, billionaires, have the solution to whatever it is you need, and and or someone you, know, you can I'm, help, or someone that you can help. And you know, I'm often um, you know when I started saying hello to people and smiling and, and talking to them, I found out people liked me just fine. I mean, inside I was like, my guts were churning, thinking nobody, I didn't have anything of value to offer, and and I quickly found out that that I did. And so I made it a game to see if I could talk to anyone anywhere, and I can. I even interrupt people. So I'll just share a story. I was in Barnes and Noble in Salt Lake, where I wrote my book, and I'm sitting, relaxing, having my hot chocolate in winter, and. I hear two young men behind me talking about growing their business, and it's a startup. They've pivoted. They've got a really good go-to-market strategy, and I think, you know, they're, they're doing well. Pretty soon, they start talking about finding funding uh, from investors, and, and they've got everything wrong. And I thought, you know, I could just spend five minutes and turn around and offer them some advice. So I turned around. I said, excuse me. I'm an investor. I sit on venture capital boards. Let me give you some advice, or may I give you some advice? And they said, yes, pull up a chair. Well, they took notes for a half an hour. And after that, I found out one of them was the head of marketing at Overstock.com. And he said, you know, we could feature your book and we get, you know, 15 million hits a month and probably to the customer segment you want. And, you know, when I called McGraw-Hill, they almost fell out of their chair. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it just shows if you help people, and I've yet to have anybody be nasty or ignorant. Certainly if somebody on an airplane has got their head in a book with headphones on, you know, I don't bother them. But, you know, you just smile. The research also shows half of the people in the United States think they're shy. They were like me. And, you know, when I started admitting to people I was shy, they laughed at me. They said, you're the most extroverted person I'd ever seen. And so, you know, it was my inside. I had to get out of my head. And, you know, feelings aren't facts. And so if you realize that, uh, you know, just make it about the other person, then you'll you'll get anywhere you need to be. Mm-hmm. The... In the book, you talk about uh, the rule of two. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, give twice before you ask. I mean, show yourself to be generous, that you follow through. I mean, you can establish. So I say to people, everything you do says who you are. Everything. And so you send off signals if you're generous, if you have integrity, just by the littlest things, how quick you get back to people, taking phone calls, sharing some wisdom, sharing some information. And by the way, all of those things are value. They're value adds to people, and they're simple to do. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorites was, what breaks trust? 
and you explain it's not doing what you say you'll do. Yeah. And that sounds simple, but it couldn't be more true. Yeah, it, it is very, very simple. I think about, you know, people I'll meet at a conference and, oh, we have to, you know, get together. I'm going to call you and I'm going to introduce you to this person. And, you know, I never hear from them again. So I'll, I'll give you another good story. So Warren Buffett's partner, Charlie Munger, says that if he goes to a conference and meets 100 people, there's five he can't live without, just absolutely adores. There's 20 he never wishes to see again as long as he lives. <laughs> These are probably the people that run towards him with a business card that have a great elevator pitch, by the way. Mm -hmm. and then the Maybe other, with lots of jargon in it. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other are opt-in, you know, let me wait and see. And what is he waiting and see if they keep their word? Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? I, I just see it so much uh, in the business world, and it, it really is uh, a great litmus test. If somebody, it seems innocent enough, but they say they're going to do something and they don't do it, it, it's very helpful. Yeah, you know instantly it's a red flag. You know, if they're not going to yeah. do it at the beginning of a relationship, then, you know, they're going to fall off the wagon when you really need them. And they don't. They didn't have to say it in the first place. Exactly. In the book, you talk about ecosystems, and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, can you talk a bit about ecosystems and um, what kind of ecosystems to target? So, you know, I mentioned how I found out in Twin Falls, Idaho, how important it was to have contacts with media, you know, at the newspaper, with uh, government. You know, um, I, I was friends with a, a senator who actually introduced me to the county commissioners who actually appointed, appointed me to the board seat at the hospital. So um, I would say media is certainly important. Um, having some people in the legal profession, you know, accounting, finance, funding, uh, whatever it is important for you to grow your business. And uh, because there's too much for any man to know much anymore. That's a quote by Oppenheimer a long time ago who worked on, you know, the nuclear bomb. But it, oh, it, the Manhattan Project. Yep. Yeah. So, so it takes a, a lot of people. And, and what happens is if you don't surround yourself with this diversity and, and different people, you don't have people to go to when something critical comes up in your business. And, you know, I used, I'm, I'm a voracious reader and I always was really proud of it until I read this quote that said you can learn from uh, a thought leader more in 30 minutes than you can reading books for an entire month. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Although here on the Marketing Book Podcast, we don't want to discourage people from reading books. <laughs> <laughs> no, books are critical and, and I still do it. But, uh, and the point is you want to take out the blind spot. So we always have a blind spot. You know, there's that... You can uh, Google Johari, it's J-O-H-A-R-I window, and it's like a two-by-two two matrix, and it's what you know about yourself and what you share with others and what others know about you and share. Well, there's this huge blind spot of what other people see about you that you don't know about. And this is why it's so important to ask three or five of your friends, what are the best things about me? And often you'll find out great things that you didn't realize. Like I was, you know, I truly was shocked when I found out everybody thought I was extroverted. Um, but, and, and in hindsight, you know, I wish I would have surrounded myself with either a mastermind or advisory group who could have not only been supportive, but had given me really good advice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap up, let me ask you a few questions. 
Are there any marketing or business books that you've read recently that you recommend? You know, I love Web Marketing That Works by Adam Franklin. And I found Adam, I think, just accidentally on Twitter. I can't believe the value of, um, of, of his free materials. He sends out templates and it's, you know, everything related mainly to the Internet. Uh, it's web marketing, but it's exceptional. And his book is really, really good. Great guy out of Australia. Um, of, of course, uh, you know, many of the, the old classic books I like as well. And I like, you know, Jab Jab. Um, all of his work is, is oh, really Gary Vaynerchuk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any marketing or business books on your upcoming reading list that you're looking forward to reading? Um, yeah, so Jeremy Allens is, is one of my favorite bloggers on marketing and, you know, helping build out your uh, your list or, you know, how, how you're working with people with internet marketing. He is writing a book, and I'm interested in, in seeing that when it comes out. Um, so that's the, the one that I'm aware of, that, but, but I read a lot, so I'll read whatever comes out that looks really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, related to that, how do you continue your, your business education? Who, who do you follow? Who else do you follow? What, what do you read? What do you listen to? How do you go about that? You know, so I figured out in life that um, most things that happen to us, number one, it's hard work, and uh, but number two, it's luck. And you can create luck by how you position yourself. So one of the things that I do is I peruse the best new nonfiction books that come out and just glance through them. It doesn't take very long to pick up an idea. Um, I also... Uh, read um, Joe Polish. I love marketing. You know, I certainly like his blogs. I've been interviewed by him. I think he just has some outstanding guests. Entrepreneur on Fire. Um, you know, John Lee Dumas. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I, I, I listened to your interview on his show. Ah, okay. <laughs> As and, did uh, many other people. And I also got the uh, I get the Daily Quartz. So it's like a economic world. What's going on? It's really short to the point gives me an overview of everything that's happening in the world for the day. And then usually they have some really interesting stories or, you know, things of interest. And I use that also to curate and send out to people in my top 50, 50 so I can add value to them to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And we are going to have some great show notes <laughs> on this particular episode. So I appreciate that. Well, Judy, thanks very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. You're more than welcome. Well, that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other good things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that you'll find helpful. And if you'd like to win a copy of the book we just discussed, leave a review on iTunes and then go to marketingbookpodcast.com, click on the contact podcast button, leave me a message and tell me which review is yours and your mailing address. Finally, I love hearing from you, the listener. I really do. Do you have a suggestion for a marketing book for the show? Or maybe I'm just doing something wrong? Let me know. I crave feedback more than praise. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time.